Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matthew Antonelli, and uh, this is the third episode of the podcast. So uh, we'll get on to who I'll be speaking to in a moment, but I just thought I'd give you a quick update on the upcoming episodes and how things are going. So, so far we've had two episodes with Jess Pugh and Nicole Johnson, so they were a little, little while ago, but I've got a fair few people lined up after today's episode. So shortly I'll be talking to Michael Berkman, who's the MP for Maiwa, and Steve Griffiths, who's a Brisbane councillor for Maruka, and then uh, Graham Parrott and Jane Prentice uh, are in the pipeline too. So um, lots of interest, which is great, and uh, thanks everyone who's, who has listened. Um, I am investing in some better recording equipment, so hopefully you'll start to hear that difference in the next few weeks. Um, but getting on to today's episode, I am speaking with uh, Dr. Christian Rowan, who is the state member for Mogul in Queensland and member of the Liberal National Party. Uh, so if you don't know where Mogul is, it's in the western suburbs of Brisbane, so it sort of starts at Chapel, Chapel Hill um, in its east and covers a lot of ground all the way to the west at sort of Lake Manchester, um, that sort of zone. So, uh, and then follows the Brisbane River, River to its south and uh, goes up to about, uh, I guess, Inaugural Reservoir or, and Ingle Creek on the north. So it's quite a large um, large area for uh, Dr. Christian Rowan to cover. Um, he is also the Shadow Minister for Communities and uh, for Disability Services and Seniors. Shadow Minister for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Partnerships and Shadow Minister for the Arts. So quite a range of shadow portfolios there that um, we got to talk about. So uh, he also mentioned some upcoming events and things in his uh, in, in, in answers to my questions, I should say. So I put some links below in the episode description. So some links to things like the Brookfield Show and uh, some of the community groups that he has he has mentioned in the podcast. So if you want to check any of them out, please see the links below. I have also started a Facebook and a, a Twitter page, and so I'll link those below as well. And that will just I'll just post some little updates of when episodes are coming out, out and who's been confirmed as a guest, um, and maybe some photos and stuff with MPs. That's actually that's a good idea. I probably could have done that with uh, Dr. Rowan, but that's fine. From now on, I will take a photo with the with the politician that I am t- uh, recording the episode with. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, and don't forget, if you are listening to an iTunes, can you rate uh, and review it? Yeah, that would be awesome. Cheers. Thanks. Hello. Uh, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. Uh, this is Matthew Antonelli, your host, and uh, today I'm joined by Dr. Christian Rowan, the member for Mogul, so welcome. Thanks very much. Um, I hope uh, you find the experience enjoyable. I'm sure I will. So you've been in the seat of Mogul since 2015? That's right, first right. elected in 2015. Well, so um, what were you doing prior to 2015? What, uh, what path kind of led you to wanting to be pre-selected for this area? Okay, well, I'm a doctor by background and a, um, a specialist a physician in the area of uh, addiction medicine, um, but I've also trained as a general practitioner and, um, uh, and a medical administrator as well. And so um, I really 
my, my journey, I guess, really goes back to childhood in the sense that I had parents who were very civic-minded and sitting around the kitchen table, we would always discuss what was happening um, in the public domain and what was happening from a political perspective um, because my mother was a, a history and economics um, teacher in high school. Um, so um, we used to talk about um, what, yeah, what, what was sort of happening, um, you know, to care about community, to contribute to community, to give back. Uh, and I guess all of those conversations when you're growing up um, are pretty important as to how you form your, your views. Um, and then when you're at school, you're obviously doing, you know, various subjects. And I did a combination of um, science subjects and also um, social science subjects as well. Um, and then after I, you know, finished school and, and gone to university and graduated from medicine, I was involved in um, medical politics through the Rural Doctors Association of Queensland and the Australian Medical Association. And one thing leads to another. And then at some point you sort of think, well, um, is it worth trying to do more um, in the sense of what you can contribute to health policy or education policy? And so um, there was an opportunity to have a go and, and that's how I ended up um, you know, being, being, being elected and, and running um, for state parliament. Yeah, so that background, the Rural Doctors Service, did you already have, I guess, quite um, a lot of input with other polit- with politicians in um, the areas of health prior to running? Like- yeah, absolutely. So, so in those roles as a former president of Rural Doctors Association and the Australian Medical Association, in those roles you get to formulate um, policy within those organisations, um, but then also meeting with politicians from various political parties um, and you know, in the various governments of the day. Um, and the aim of that, I guess, is to try and you know, translate policy into um, you know, programs and, uh, and funded processes which will benefit patients. Um, and so from a rural doctor's perspective, that was you know, clearly about um, rural and regional patients and maintaining good you know, procedural services around you know, access to emergency care or um, maternity services, um, but also outreach services as, as well. Um, and again, in the, in the AMA, you know, a very diverse range of things that we got involved in from um, trying to tackle um, obesity um, to uh, reducing rates of smoking and, you know, and alcohol consumption um, all the way through to, through to um, healthy eating and, um, and, and sort of dietary and nutrition programs and then obviously you know hospital services of, of various descriptions and, you know, and primary healthcare as well through general practices and others so so very diverse so as you say sort of in those roles you get to um, interact with a lot of politicians and the political process yeah so I guess is that sort of led you into the, the Liberal Party that side then so was there did they come seek you out because of the, the relationship you had with them or was that just a party that aligned with your values? Yeah, it probably aligned with my values, but I'd had contact at um, university um, as well um, through student politics. Um, and again, you know, I believe in you know, smaller government. Um, I believe in the freedom of the individual um, and that, um, you know, that, that business can be an enabler of um, economic opportunity. Um, but at the same time, I have very strong social values about the importance of uh, education and health and how that can empower people individually again to uh, achieve the things that they want to achieve and look after uh, families and, and contribute back to community. So um, so I guess people choosing various you know, political parties that they align with is really about you know, their own personal uh, values, the policies that they see and the contribution they feel that they can sort of make by you know, joining one of those parties and then ultimately 
contributing internally in those parties or um, you know or seeking pre-selection for a particular seat yeah so when you were first selected because I guess you kind of came in when Camden Newman was just on his way out and I guess so so your government's moving into opposition so what was it like coming in at that point when the government's just your party has just moved into opposition was that daunting or was it um, very welcoming at all or what was that like Look, I think it's I think it's always being elected as a new member, regardless of whether you're in opposition or in government. There's a lot to learn around the processes of being a new member. So, and that's you know establishing your office, all the parliamentary processes, how that how that works. So, I think anyone elected for the first time, um, there's a uh, a lot of uh, information that they then have to take in, a lot of things that they have to to to, to learn and and consolidate around those sort of uh, side of things. Um, you know, anyone coming out of government and into opposition. I mean, that's where uh, people don't want to be. I mean, yeah, you, want to be, you want to be running and being elected and being part of, of a government. Um, so from my perspective back then, you know, I was um, glad to be to be elected and to have won, won the election. Um, would I have liked to have been in government at that stage? Absolutely. Um, but you deal with the circumstances as, as they are. And, um, and so... You know, the overall result was that um, you know the Liberal National Party went into opposition at that at that stage, and and um, then I sort of knuckled down like like everyone else and tried to um, to rebuild at that at that stage uh, of what we needed to do. Um, we've continued to do that, you know, sort of moving moving forward. And so, prior to getting your shadow ministry portfolios, were those areas that you were already working towards as a new member, or did, does it take a few months to kind of? get into the zone of being a member of parliament <laughs> yeah look it, t- it takes i mean you have to learn all of those those processes and get your office going with staff um and then you know the processes of you know giving speeches in parliament um the standing orders which which exist you know within the within the parliament how it operates you know asking not only questions on notice but questions without notice so all of those things are you know are, are a learning curve that everyone sort of learns and there are people there that that help you not only within your own party but also the members of the um, of the Queensland Parliament themselves, who are employed by the Clerk of the Parliament, so they're a mm. resource there to be able to ask to ask those things. Um, and then you and then you really sort of beyond being an elected local member, if you're offered other opportunities to contribute into the Parliament, will you take those up? So initially, after I was elected, I was on the Health and Ambulance Services Committee, um, and then um, and then I was a deputy chair of. Uh, of another parliamentary committee after that, a reformed um, health health committee, um, and then I was fortunate enough to be a shadow minister, you know, before the last election, and, and to have um, the portfolios that I now have after the last state election in yeah. twenty seventeen. So, so you contribute and serve where you're asked to serve um, by, yeah. by by your party. Oh, good. So, I guess uh, to compare the, the fact that when you're in parliament, you have all these. The, the, Parliament question time, which is, I guess, the public arena that we people of the public see. Um, what's it like, though, outside of that, just as a member day to day? What kind of work do you get up to each day? Well, as an elected representative, I'd say there are four there are four main roles. So one of them is to be um, an advocate for your constituents. So constituents come to see you on a range of, of issues, and that might be, you know, to do with um, interactions with various departments, and it might be about you know water or electricity or, or other issues that they're seeing. So as an elected representative, you're a, an advocate for constituents around, around those, those individual issues that they might have. 
um, then you're also a community leader as well. And as a community leader, that involves you um, going and visiting various organisations that might be attending their annual general meetings or um, or being uh, a guest speaker at you know, various organisations and, and trying to assist with getting um, funding for them through grants programs. Um, then you've got, I guess, the third role as an elected representative, and that's being a legislator, um, and that's really looking at legislation on its merits, um, and that's being, you know, as an individual local member, but also as part of your, your party as well. And then the fourth role, really, as an elected representative is being the politician, mm. and that's really... Um, the process of, uh, of, I guess, the values and the frame of reference that you bring to particular issues. So often people, when they think about elected representatives, they just think about elected representatives as being politicians. Um, yeah. But there's also three other really important roles that they play, which yeah. are, are not really party political in the sense mm-hmm. that when you're advocating constituents, it's usually about their individual issues. And when you're a you know, legislator, you're looking at legislation and you know, evaluating the mechanics, you know, the mechanics of that, and then being a community leader... Um, is about doing that, and so you know, on, on Anzac Day, which we've got coming up tomorrow, as an yep. example, that's a you know a, an example of where I, along with other elected representatives, regardless of their political uh, party background, you know, we all stand united on Anzac Day to recognise you know the important the important contribution and sacrifice that many have made um, to our our state and our our nation, um, and and so that's really that sort of. Um, community leader role um, that's that's vitally important as well um, and just to add to that we've had you know Anzac Day services today actually in some yeah. of our schools and so attending attending all of those as well and recognizing the commemorative uh, services and the contribution that students are, are doing to that is you know is important as well yeah um, and just because you mentioned the fact that when you go to these events there are generally other politicians of other parties around how did how are those relationships when you're I guess within Parliament now, the Parliament, when you are just needing to, obviously you're going to be talking to the ministers of the government of the day to try and get your legislation across and, or um, to debate that legislation. What's the relationships like between politicians of different parties? Look, I'd say in the Parliament it can be it can be quite good. I mean, again, people often just see the combative nature of question time and sort of think, is that what it's all, all like? Well, in fact. There is a lot of um, uh, commonality and bipartisanship which can be achieved about about particular things. So I'd sort of say that I have you know good relationships with a, with, with a range of people across various parties and and a lot of fellow um, politicians um, are very you know courteous and respectful. Um, and again, that's we'd sort of divide that differentiation and say all of the people who are in the parliament are actually parliamentarians. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a respect about that's a fellow parliamentarian. Um, but where it gets divided is where there are very politically contentious issues where people don't agree from a, you know, a values or an ideological perspective um, or, or just have disparate sort of views on things. And that's where you get the, the, the political um, clash, I guess, of ideas yeah. about, about, about things. And that's where you know, there, are, there can be very heated exchanges across the chamber about, you know, about various things. But... Um, everyone who's elected to the Queensland Parliament is first and foremost a parliamentarian, um, and that should have a level of respect and courtesy, just in the sense that all of those people there are trying to represent, as they see best, mm. the, the views of their of their constituents and the and the values and the things that they want to um, do for their communities. Um, but when it comes to the contentious political side, well, that's where there is, you know, 
know, a parting of the ways. And that's yeah. why when we get to election time, everyone battles it out, yeah. regardless of which party it is, as to as to who's going to win that particular particular electorate. So in your, I guess it's three years now, or nearly four years? Uh, yeah, 2015, so this, 2018, I believe. Yeah, that's um, right. Uh, what have been some, like, uh, something that's been really challenging in that time, like uh, anything in, that you've been trying to do in your community that perhaps is a bit difficult to get through or just any challenge you've had over the last three years? Look, I think the biggest challenge for the western suburbs of Brisbane is is uh, traffic congestion and an investment in an integrated road and public transport plan. And there are there's significant growth across not only you know my electorate of, of Mogul, but also into the electorate of, of Mount Omini and then to Maywa, um, even over into into Miller um, into the electorates mm. of Cooper. Um, so across the board, there get, getting here was quite difficult. <laughs> so, so really, we need we need all levels of government to be working together to implement an integrated road and public transport plan to solve traffic congestion in the western suburbs of Brisbane. So, uh, what you would have experienced coming here is is what you know many local residents experiencing. So, we need our our state government uh, to take leadership on that work with. Um, local government and with the federal government to implement solutions that are going to alleviate, alleviate traffic congestion. Yeah. So um, what's something else, to, to flip that over a bit, what's been a highlight for you um, or something that you've been working towards over the last three years that you achieved or close to achieving that you, um, I guess, may be a bit proud of as your work as a politician? Well, I think in my first elected term, being able to secure over $8 million in funding for community organisations, um, various range, and that's not only service organisations, but sporting organisations. When you see what that actually means to those organisations and the work that they, they do, and whether that's you know encouraging kids in, in sport or service projects that um, organisations are doing in the community, all of that is very, um, is very pleasing to be able to do that. Um, and there are a couple of specific um, areas in the electorate which had problematic sort of black spots from a, um, uh, a motor vehicle perspective which were um, made to be safer through through funding that was secured. Those things were very uh, were very pleasing to have a positive outcome on, on that side of things. And then, you know, individual constituents as well. It's, it's, it's when you're able to help them with a range of, um, of issues that they have, you know, and again, going back to things like, you know, problems that might have been around there electricity or, or, or water problems that are, that are sort of arising um, or helping you know helping children with access to um, to educational services all of those things that you know are great to be able to do as an elected you know as an elected representative and you because your electorate actually it stretches quite far it goes past Brookfield and um, Hornvale and yeah so, way, so so uh, we so we go all the way out to colleges crossing so we yeah. go and include um, you know Karana Downs and Mount Crosby and you know, we include Mogul and, and Delbarra, we go to Upper Brookfield and then you know back into here into into Kenmore um, and then also parts of uh, Chapel Hill as well. So all of those sort of suburbs um, we, we we include and and everything in between. So yeah. um, and what are some things about the the people in that area that you perhaps didn't know about prior to being elected, or what have you learned more about the area? I guess. So I grew up um, out here um, in the nineteen seventies and then. Um, and have spent you know most of my life um, out in out in these sorts of suburbs um, out here in, in this electorate. So, look, I think the things which you sort of really, which I knew but have even learned about 
more having been elected, I guess, is the knowledge, the skills and the expertise of many people that we have in our community here. We have you know, a significant number of you know, retired engineers, um, high school um, principals, um, people who've been involved in, um, in healthcare. Um, we have um, many people who are running you know, small businesses. So the wealth of uh, experience of people who've contributed in, ver in various fields and endeavours is, is, is fantastic and being able to get their views and input, um, particularly when we you know, look at um, local policy solutions or even contributing you know, to the broader um, uh, public policy framework as well, that sort of thing can be, be absolutely fantastic. Um, but then also those who are contributing to service organisations and are willing to have a go. Um, again, it's, it's really heartening to see that there are many people who have not only done that for, 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 for many years, but are also willing to come in and, um, and do that as well. Um, and, and I'd say again, you know, we've got fantastic local schools, um, some really great teachers and principals, and to see some of the you know, students coming through and, and their contribution as well is, is, is terrific. And uh, you mentioned uh, the community groups earlier as well. Are there any in particular that, um, that exist in this area that you think people should try and be a part of or uh, doing work in the community scene? I mean, Anzac Day tomorrow, there's probably a fair few community groups involved in that. So are there any that spring to mind in particular that you think people should check out? Well, we've got a number of um, rotary um, clubs and there's you know, there's one here at, at Kenmore um, and Brookfield. We've also got a um, uh, rotary of Karana Downs um, and um, a Mount Crosby Mogul Lions Club. So those service clubs are doing you know a lot of a lot of good work across the communities. Um, we've got some of the historical societies, um, and again, they do some some great work. Our um, our RSL, our local sub branch, and again, they put a you know an amazing amount of work in tomorrow's um, Anzac Day um, service. Um, and uh, and our schools, the um, uh, Brookfield shows coming up on the eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth of May. Excellent. Um, so the Brookfield <laughs> the Brookfield Show Society does you know some great work out out there looking after. Um, with the with the Brookfield Trust in relation to the um, some of the historical buildings that exist out there, but that show uh, in in Brisbane is a great little country show and not mm. too far from the city as well. So yeah, I, I went last year. Like I, I didn't realize that kind of atmosphere existed so close to the city because the echo is quite good, but I feel like this has a better um, atmosphere to it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And the final the final couple that I'd mention as well is um, we've got some some great. Um, creek catchment groups. So we've got um, our Mogul Creek catchment group, our Pullen Pullen Creek catchment group. There's the Cubbola Widden Creek catchment group, and they do um, practical environmental work on the ground, um, and that's about some revegetation, looking after our creeks, you know, and our waterways. Um, they also do, you know, weed uh, management and a and a public education role, um, particularly, you know, with, uh, with with kids and others in the communities about. Um, local flora and fauna and what, and what people can do from that perspective. So we have a range of really great community organisations. And um, well, I guess you've already mentioned the Brookfield Show, but I was going to say if there's any upcoming activities or events in your community. So you've mentioned that one. Is there anything else that you can think of? Or <laughs> Well, look, yeah, we've probably mentioned the, the two men that are coming up now. Because we've got, yeah, we've got Anzac, Anzac Day tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on, well, actually on Anzac Day tomorrow, there is the... Um, the um, cricket match that's being held out of the Brookfield showgrounds in the afternoon so that's oh, okay. um, so that's so that's quite good and um, that's the Shell Green um, cricket match uh, but yeah the, the Brookfield show is the next the next sort of next major one which yep. is in, you know, on the 18th 19th and 20th of May um, so seeing you've you've acquired a lot of I mean a fair few shadow portfolios by the looks of it um, are those things you would 
continue once, I mean, once you hopefully get into government or uh, is there any um, pursuits in the future that you're looking towards? Yeah. So at the moment, as you say, like being Shadow Minister for Communities, um, I'm Shadow Minister for Disability Services and Seniors, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Par- Partnerships and the Arts. Um, that's a very broad range um, and some of my background helps me in those portfolio areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether you keep those, if we were successful at winning government um, in 2020, whether you know I would keep those portfolios or change, again, that comes down to the leadership team and what, and what they decide. Um, but I really, I'm really enjoying you know, contributing to those um, many organisations that, that I meet with. Um, it's been great to sort of engage with, with them and hear their ideas, how things can be better. Um, but whether I would keep those, I mean, you just you, 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 you just don't know. So, um, um, but I think the general sort of thinking is that um, people often get particular portfolio areas because they've got some experience within within those areas, so they can bring some of their you know professional and background experience to it. Yeah. Um, but they've obviously also you know spent some time in them to make connections with. Um, with various you know, interest groups and other associations so that they've got good engagement there um, to then do the things that you want to do when you get into government. So Yeah. Um, probably just last, last few questions, just because I don't want to take up your whole afternoon. Um, when you... Because being a politician, obviously, is probably quite a full-on job. You're always attending events or you're um, in parliament trying to push through legislation. What? How do you escape those... The, the profession, I guess. How do you have downtime? Is there anything you do in particular to, to relax? <laughs> yeah. Look, I think it's always it's always hard. I mean, um, work life balance these days for everyone is you know is 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 a challenge. Um, so I think you know people setting time where they're doing their own sort of you know activities that they enjoy doing. So I like I like playing tennis. I like you know going for a walk. I do like um, reading. Um, I've got four kids, so spending time with with them and their their sort of activities. But you've got kind of got to set that in. In, into your calendar because if you don't if you don't do those things then you, then you can easily get overtaken by um, by everything else that happens and um, being an elected representative is a seven day a week you know job um, but there are many other people in you know various professions and organisations which it's a seven day a week um, job so you just need to um, to try and set that and, and and do what you can to make sure you you have a balance um, as much as possible yeah and. Way down the track, when you're when you're out of office, what kind of legacy are you, would you like to have left behind? Whether it's in this area or in the state, um, what kind of legacy are you looking to leave behind? Well, I think to get some infrastructure solutions in place for the western suburbs of Brisbane around uh, uh, road and public um, transport um, services would be would be one, and also an investment in. Uh, our schools or further investment in our schools from an infrastructure perspective they are things that I'd like to leave from a local perspective mm-hmm. um, but then more broadly that you know that you've made a contribution and cared and assisted people as much as you as you possibly can that you've made some of your um, community organizations um, stronger that they um, are people that have sort of seen that you've um, shown leadership and led and tried to um, uh, develop Develop your community and make it and made it stronger for having been there. Um, they're they're the main legacy issues. And again, if you're fortunate enough to get into government, mm. then you're able to do those things beyond your own local community and for other communities in whatever portfolio you've managed to serve in. So um, that's the kind of legacy I'd like to leave. Cool. Um, so 
Uh, thank you very much for meeting. I, I hope it, it wasn't too stressful, was it? No, it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yep, I hope you had a good time. Goodbye. That's great. <laughs>